0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or want to connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you. Thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message. Good morning, Harbor City Church. My name is Cameron Luft, and I'm the youth pastor here uh, at Harbor City Youth. And thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to have a wonderful time together. Uh, We are continuing our sermon uh, our series through the book of Ephesians, and today um, I'll be covering Ephesians chapter three. But before I get there, we're going to go back a little bit in Ephesians chapter one. And uh, the title of today's message is "The Powerful Prayers of Paul." I have a couple powerful prayers that I am excited to share with you. And as we continue along the lines of our new normal, these should be some scriptures that. our our new normal, that we put him in our tool belt, and that we pray these powerful prayers consistently. I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 23 years old, and after I was born again, I started a correspondence Bible school program. I was living on uh, the beautiful island of Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands, and uh, I drove a garbage truck for my dad's garbage company, and... um, Since we lived on islands and we serviced all the islands in San Juan County, I'd wake up early in the morning, I'd fire up my garbage truck, I would drive drive my truck to the ferry landing to wait in line for about a half an hour, and then we would board the ferry, and then we would do maybe about a half hour to an hour ferry ride. Well, during these ferry rides, I would do my Bible school program. I had about 88 books. I had to read through, and it took about a year, year and a half to read through these books. But while reading through these books, I came across a book by a minister, and he himself had written well over 40 books. He started a Bible college, had planted a church, had uh, preached all over the place, and he shared these couple scriptures that I'm going to share with you this morning. He said he had been in ministry for years, but when he started praying these prayers, he started seeing more in the Word of God in just a few months than he had In years of ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but I was excited to accelerate my spiritual growth. And he shared this first scripture, and it's in Ephesians 1. I want to read it to you right now. And it's the prayer that Paul prays for the church at Ephesus, the Ephesians. It's a prayer for spiritual wisdom. And starting in Ephesians 1, verse 15, it says, Paul writes, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, And your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now watch this, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his inheritance In his saints. Now, this is a powerful prayer. So I started to pray this for myself. Lord, I ask that you would give me the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, and the knowledge of you. A spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation. You know, the word revelation actually means to take off the cover, to take the cover off. So we're asking, God, I pray that you would take the cover off. Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus, Lord. I pray that you give the Ephesians a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation. There's stuff in your word. There's truth. Who is Jesus? Lord, take the cover off. And actually, so through my my whole garbage truck driving career, I was able to do my, just to finish that story, my whole Bible college during those ferry rides, uh, going popping around from island to island. But I began to get a hold of these truths and of these scriptures. And I began to pray that prayer. And you know what? God began to take the cover off of his word to me. Now, just over a year ago, I was working at LeMay in Aberdeen here, and I was the water technician. And just over a year ago, I'm sure many of you know that they opened up their new transfer station. I think it was last spring. And uh, we were getting ready for the big grand opening, and they decided that they were going to bring in a catering service. And so they brought in Aloha Alabama Barbecue, and they came into the brand-new station. Now, mind you, no garbage had been dumped on this slab yet, on the floor there. So we're in the transfer building, but it was nice and beautiful, clean, and it smelled right. And Aloha shows up, and they lined up all these tables, and they started bringing out these tin trays— with these tin covers on it, and it smelled really good, but we had no idea what was inside of these pans. But it smelled amazing. And so sure enough, as they begin to go down the line, they began to take the cover off. And then the first one was maybe some brisket. And the second one, they took the cover off. And there was some amazing pulled pork. And they took the cover off. And there was the baked beans. And they took the cover off. And there was the coleslaw. And they took the cover off. And there was the cornbread. And they took the cover off. And there was the white barbecue sauce, which is amazing. So there were some things that were there that were hidden. They were there all along. But they took the cover off. And man, it was good. I'm telling you, in God's word, there is some things that he wants to take the cover off. And that's what the word revelation means, to take off the cover. And so Paul is praying, God, I ask that you would take the cover off and show them these wonderful things in your word. So through my Bible study program, as I'm reading books and reading through scripture and asking God, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, he began to take the cover off. Now we know that he's no respecter of persons, which means if God has revealed something to someone else, he's not holding back. He wants to reveal it to you as well. And as I read through, I read in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, he took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. What? Yeah. Did you know that? He took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses. I read through 1 Peter 2, verse 24 that says, he, uh, by his stripes you were healed. He took our sins in his own body on the tree. Many of us know that. And by his stripes, you were healed. And God took the cover off. And I begin to see that. Wait a minute. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. Wait a minute. Just as much as he took our sins, by his stripes, we were healed. And then I begin to read in Mark 16. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. And God began to Take the cover off. See, God, there are many things in God's word. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesians, but these prayers weren't just for the by and by back at that time, but these have been laid as, a, as, as an example for us that we can pray these things as well. And these are some prayers that I would just want to share with you that you could incorporate into your life so that hopefully by the end of today's sermon you'd say, God, I pray that you will give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I ask that the eyes of my understanding would be, would be enlightened, that I would know the hope of your calling. These are prayers that you begin to pray for your loved ones who maybe don't know the Lord. Lord, I pray for my loved ones that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. These are how you pray for your neighbor. Lord, I pray that my neighbors would have a spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they'd know the hope of your calling. And these are prayers that we pray. And God began to take the cover up, and I began to see wonderful things in his word. Now, let's look at another example of this. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? I love that question. He's walking with his boys. He's got his disciples. He says, come on in boys. And he's, I just can imagine it going down like this. All right, guys, what's the word on the street? What's the word? What what are they talking about? Who's everybody saying that I am? And they're probably high-fiving. Oh yeah, you know, they think maybe you're John the Baptist. And, oh, no, 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 you should have heard it. They're, some are saying that you're Elijah or maybe, maybe you're Jeremiah and maybe they're, they're, they're high-fiving and joking about it and, you know, what's the word on the street? But then Jesus breaks it down and goes, all right, that's all good. Okay, that's who they, that's who they say I am, but who do you say that I am? You know, that's, that's the, that's the million-dollar question right there. That's the life question. That's the eternity question. That's the big question. That's the main thing. Who do you say, Jesus, who, he would ask, who do you say that I am? Well, let me ask you, who do you say that he is? Well, Peter was the first to answer. He says, you know what? You are the Christ, the Son of God. Of the living God. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Flesh and blood, there's that word reveal, revelation. Flesh and blood hasn't taken the cover off. But my Father who is in heaven. See, that's why Paul's saying, I'm praying that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, because God can take the cover off of his word and reveal great things to you out of his word verse 18 continues and i also say to you that you are peter watch and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail against it now what rock is he building on the rock of peter i would submit to you that's the rock of revelation that jesus christ is the son of god this is a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. You know, we do have physical eyes. You can see my eyes right now, but Paul's praying that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. You know, we have, just as much as we have spiritual eyes that see physical things, well, we have spiritual eyes that see spiritual things as well. All right, so that's the first powerful prayer of Paul in Ephesians 1. Go through that, commit that to memory. Pray that for yourself, pray that for your loved ones, pray that for your church. Even before I started this message today, I prayed for all of you that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So let's continue our studies through Ephesians. And now we're in Ephesians chapter 3. Starting at verse 14, Paul continues praying. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's okay to get down on your knees and pray from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now let's unpack this a little bit. Going back now to verse 16, Paul says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Did you know that you can actually pray for inner strength? The word strength in here actually means to be strong to overcome resistance. Now, there is physical strength and there's spiritual strength. Now, how many of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger? And if you've seen him back in the day, I've watched some Netflix documentary on him. And this dude, he was huge. He was buff. He was like the bodybuilding champion, I think, for, for many, many years. And many of you know him as the Terminator. And then he became the governor. And then we called him the governator. And he, through resistance, through lifting weights and resistance, he grew strong physically. But we're not talking about physical strength. But Paul is saying, you know what? Just as there's physical strength, there's also spiritual strength as well. That's why he's praying, but you got physical strength, great, but I'm asking that God would strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. So that just as we have physical strength, we can also have spiritual strength, and we can grow our spiritual muscles as well. Some of us are uh, plenty strong physically, but we need to grow stronger spiritually. You know, back in my days of um, driving driving garbage truck, after a long day on the garbage route, I'd have a my packer truck. Uh, full, of, full of garbage and I'd head back to the transfer station. I'd drive on to the, to the scale at the transfer station. I'd get my inbound weight and then I'd go and I would, I would dump my garbage load on the, the tipping floor and then I'd begin to drive out and I'd hit the outbound scale and uh, get my empty weight and then I would have to park my truck on the side and I'd have to physically walk up, this is on Orcas Island, to the scale house and have to physically get my, my weight ticket so i could record it in my notes. Now this might sound it might sound odd or strange or weird to some of you but at that time i was battling through so much anxiety and depression that it took everything i had just to get out of my truck and walk up to that scale house to have a conversation with somebody and to look them in the eye. i was so demoralized and so depleted and just so dejected life that the depression was so strong on me that it actually became very difficult to have conversations with people now some of you think man this is heavy stuff yeah this is heavy stuff some of you don't know what I'm talking about but unfortunately some of you actually know know what I'm talking about and the experience that I had that sometimes it's just about everything it takes to get out of bed in the morning to go out and to, to do your job and there's just a there's just a lack of volition. There's a there's a lack of inner strength that you just don't feel like you have the gumption. You don't have the ability. You don't have the wherewithal to make it through a day. But like I said, I was doing my Bible studies on my garbage route and I remembered the prayer. And I began to pray these powerful prayers of Paul. And I started and I started young. Now remember, when you start lifting weights, you know, at first it's it's all all you can do to move a little weight. It might be like that spiritually for some of you. It's just you're just getting started, but you begin to pray these prayers, you begin to lift these spiritual weights, and you begin to pray, God, I ask that you would strengthen me with might by your spirit in my inner man. That Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, I may be rooted and grounded in love. And you you do another repetition. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen me with might by your spirit in my inner man. And you begin to get out and you begin to go into the world. And you begin to pray the prayers and you begin to act out in faith and by and by and by those things that used to hinder you, those things that used to seem so big, those challenges that were so huge, your spiritual muscles have been exercised and the prayer that Paul prayed has become a reality in your life. I'm becoming strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man. And you begin to pray these prayers and watch what God will do in your life. Now, even as I share that story, look, those days seem so far gone, but I can still remember, remember the challenge. I can still remember that day. I can still remember the feeling of just all it would take just to have a conversation with somebody. Well, let me encourage someone today. There is hope for you, and God does want to come into your heart. He does want to give you spiritual strength. And I'm praying for you today that God would strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man. And you know what? God is going to buy and by, strengthen, and build your spiritual strength. And you're going to be a strong, overcoming, powerful believer. Let's work this. Let's go through this prayer a little deeper. Then in verse 17 through 19, he continues, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What is the great commandment? What is the great commandment? See, Paul's praying that we would be rooted and grounded in love. And these are the prayers that we pray that we would be rooted and grounded in love. What is the great commandment? There were some Pharisees and some Sadducees, and they were getting together, and they loved to try to trap Jesus in his words, and they sent a lawyer out to him. And Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, this lawyer comes to Jesus, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you have paid any attention at all to the news and what's happening in our world, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of loving of our neighbor right now. But Paul is praying for the church. We're praying for the church that, hey, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. Why is that? Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. We know that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, we know what the great commandment is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength. The second commandment is like unto it love our neighbor as ourselves. But in John 13, verse 34 through 35, Jesus continues We have the great commandment. Here's the great witness a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, will, uh, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, I think right now, with what's happening in the world today, in our communities, in our state, in our nation, Christians, as believers, we have a wonderful opportunity to be a light, to be a witness that. You know what? We are going to love our neighbor as ourself. And by this, all will know that we're his disciples by our love for one another. Now, many of us know that Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, we're the body of Christ, the fullness of him, of him who fills all in all. And as I begin to think about the body of Christ, and we are members individually of one another. Let me show you guys something. I brought this big hammer today. This is, it says Husky Hickory on it. This is, a, I mean, this is a killer right here. My dad got this for me for a birthday or Christmas, and I'm trying to think. I don't know what he thought I was going to hammer with this thing because I feel like if I missed with this thing, I mean, I would probably break the thing that I'm actually trying to hammer, but my dad was a pretty solid carpenter. I don't think I quite got that skill. Um, but how would it look if you guys saw me Decide to take my hand and pound myself. Or maybe, uh, you know, walk into the street and I take the hammer and, you know, nail myself on the shin or I'm going to be careful with this thing, hit, hit myself in the head with this Mondo hammer. I mean, there's a couple things. It would be really painful, it'd be pretty stupid. And actually, many of you would wonder, man, what, what's wrong with this guy? People would question, what's wrong with me? But as I began to think about the body of Christ, thinking, you know, we're all members of one another. If we, if we speak a little ill towards another member in the body of Christ or say something rude or treat another believer mean or wrong, mean or inappropriately, it may just be the same thing, just because we're all members of one another. And if one part suffers all of us suffer. So I think what Paul's saying is, I'm asking that all of you believers, you would be rooted and grounded in love. And we'd know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. We would be filled with all the fullness of God. I challenge us today as we pray these prayers to be rooted and grounded in love that We would speak highly of one another. We'd prefer one another. We'd love one another. We'd love God. We'd love our neighbor as we love ourselves, And we get to be the great testimony to the world by being rooted and grounded in this supernatural love. Now, as I was preparing this word and praying over this message, I do realize that some of you actually have maybe been hit by the hammer. And maybe somebody said something about you or maybe there's an action done towards you, maybe by a believer, maybe not. And there's been a wound there. You, you, you took the hit. Well, Jesus said this, to forgive. If anyone's done anything against you, forgive him that your father in heaven may forgive you. But if we don't forgive, neither will he forgive us. I'd like to challenge you as part of the healing process today and a part of guarding that love in the body of Christ, and a part, as part of being rooted in ground and ground in love that we're praying about, that we would choose to love one another, but we'd also be willing to forgive one another, for love truly does cover a multitude of sins, and ultimately God wants to heal you, restore you, and set you free. I want to share with you Psalm 133. It's in my New King James Version. It's the blessed unity of the people of God, a song of ascents of David. Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. How wonderful it is. When we determine to be rooted and grounded in love and walk in unity with one another, it's like precious oil that runs down on the head of Aaron, the the priest, Moses' brother. It goes all the way out to the edge of his garments. It starts at the head, but that love and that unity infiltrates the entire body of Christ. And that precious oil reaches out to the uttermost parts. Verse 3, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. How wonderful is that refreshing dew? Now, maybe some of you are like me, that in the early morning, you like to maybe go outside and get your cup of coffee, and if there's dew, you realize you sit down, and everything's got dew on it. The chair has dew, and the table has dew, and that's like the precious oil. That's When we, when we live in unity, it's like that dew that comes out, and that unity begins to touch every single part Of the body of Christ. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. How many of you want the blessing of God on your life? When we choose to walk in love, when we choose to walk in forgiveness, when we choose to walk in unity, we can't even escape the blessing because God is there commanding the blessing on us life forevermore. So that's a powerful prayer. That's our new normal. Lord, let us be rooted and grounded in love. Let us comprehend with all the saints what's the width, the length, the depth, the height, that we'd know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, finally, the the, the latter part of Ephesians 3, Paul continues and he says, Now to him who is able, you know, God is able, he has ability omnipresent, omnipotent, all-knowing. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now let's look at verse 20 in the Amplified Version. I think you'll like it. It says this. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dream. Now, he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask. We still need to ask. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Therefore, whatever thing you ask for when you pray, believe you receive, you'll have what you say. So we still want to ask. Now, Just this past week, I was driving with my oldest son, Cyrus, and I said, Cy, if you could ask God to do anything for you, and you knew that he would do it for you, what would you ask for? And he said, well, Dad, uh, I've read through the Bible, so I'd ask for wisdom. That's a pretty good answer. He goes, but aside from that, I've got a YouTube channel. If I get a few more subscribers, you know, that would be pretty cool, too. So, okay. I said, well, let's pray about that. Lord, we thank you for giving Cy wisdom, but... Also, we asked that you would you know, bless his YouTube channel so he get some more subscribers. So that night I'm at the dinner table and I asked my other two children, Calder, if you could ask God for anything, you know, and uh, you knew that he would do it for you. What would he ask What would you ask for? And he said, uh, that I would be able to make the right decisions in life. Man, what child is this? Who taught? You know, this is amazing stuff. Now, I've been praying for these guys to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so I think some of it's taken hold, but man, what a great idea. He said, yeah, as I get older, I just don't know what I want to do with my life, and I just want to be able to make the right decisions. So, Lord, we, we prayed for that. Lord, we, I asked that you would help Calder make the wise, right decisions in life. And then finally, we came to my daughter, Everly, and said, Everly, if you knew we asked, you could ask God for anything, and you, you knew that he would do it for you, what would you do? And she asked to be a pretty princess. So so that's what Everly's believing for. But we do need to ask, don't we? We do need to ask. Now watch this, but according to this verse, God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. Just over a year ago, my wife and I, uh, moved from Lacey to Montesano. We sold our home in Lacey. Well, we needed a new home because, I mean, when you sell a house, you, you can't be there forever. There's a, there's a time when you need to actually get out of that home, and that date was coming. Well, we found a home in Montesano that we liked, and we made an offer. It was accepted. We had the inspection, and the inspection came back with a red flag. And it wasn't like a red flag, like he could be like, no, I think we can handle that, or I think we could deal with that, or maybe we can fix that, but it was, uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a deal killer. So here we are, and I think it was just a few weeks to go, and we're moving out of our home in Lacey, but we had to move to Montesano. We had no place to go. Matter of fact, I think the discussion came up to move in with Pastor Doug and Lois, which would have been great, but, uh, you know, my wife and three kids, we'd like our own place, so, sure enough, a home popped up in Montesano. I was my water tech at LeMay. I drove by. I saw the home. I liked the home, loved the home. I said, I got to show my wife. We brought the realtor out, my mother in law, my wife. And we, this, this is our home, made an offer. There were competing offers. Um, didn't even have to, didn't have to get into a bidding war or anything like that, but we got the home. And that was my prayer. But watch this now to him who can, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Although God answered my prayer for the home, I didn't realize that there'd be four or other five families up the block with kids the same age as our our kids, that they'd be riding their bicycles up and down the street, that they'd be coming over for water balloon fights, and that when we had Harbor City Youth barbecues at our house this summer, that they'd be joining us for the barbecue. Now, that was off my radar, but now... Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. That's the God that we serve. Now to him who is able. Now to him. Not tomorrow, not man. Sometime in the future, I think the things will change for me. Like Not like, man, yesterday he did something, but I don't know if he'll do it today. But how about now to him who was able. Come on, God wants to do something now for you. Now to him who is able. He is able to meet your needs. Now to him who is able to heal your body. Now to him who is able to find you a spouse. Now to him who is able to reach your lost loved ones. Now to him who is able to touch your business. Yes, even in the midst of a pandemic, now to him who is able to bring you promotion. Now to him who is able to heal your marriage. Now to him who is able to deliver you from fear, anxiety, and depression. Now to him who is able to deliver you from bondage. Now to him who is able to deliver you from drug and alcohol addiction right now. Now to him who is able to save you to the uttermost. Now to him who is able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and now unto him who is able to forgive you of all of your sins. Sins, now to him who is able. Come on, God is good. These are the powerful prayers of Paul. But even as Paul prayed these for the church at Ephesus, these are prayers that we pray for our loved ones. These are prayers that we pray for our church. These are prayers that we pray for our community. These are prayers that we pray for our neighbor, neighbors. This should be our new normal, praying these powerful prayers. And let me coach you through something real quick. I've, I've personalized these, and I, I, I encourage you to personalize these in your own life. So it would go like this, Ephesians 1:17. God, I ask you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I ask that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. Lord, I ask that I would know the hope of your calling that I would be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord. I, Ephesians 3, Lord, I pray that I would be rooted and grounded in love. Lord, that I would know, with all, be able to comprehend with all the saints, what's the width, the length, the depth, the height, that I'd know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that I would be filled with all the fullness of God. And we personalize these powerful prayers of Paul. Now watch this. Remember, God has begun again to take the cover off. Begin to show you things supernaturally in his word. You'll be like Peter. Man, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my Father in heaven has begun to open your understanding into the wonderful riches of his word. And you begin to pray and you're going to have a new supernatural love because you're praying to be rooted and grounded in love. And there's a new love for your neighbor. New love for your church. A new love for the lost. a A new, fresh new love for your family and you're going to have some inner strength that you didn't have before. You just walk and stand a little taller, and there's just a new boldness because God is strengthening you with might by his spirit in your inner man. Can you say amen? Well, as we conclude our message today, I I do want to give those of you listening, if you've not um, invited Jesus Christ into your life, I, this is your moment to invite him in. The question is, who do you say, who do you say that Jesus is? Well, I like what Peter says. You, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And God would say to you, blessed are you. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my father in heaven has shown you who Jesus is. If you've seen that today and you realize Jesus is the one, Jesus, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the son of God. This is your moment to invite him into your life. If you would like to do that, just pray. And Romans 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you confess, Lord Jesus, your Lord, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you, you believe that in your heart, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe, not, well, we'll have to see what happens. No, you will be saved. So we're, just pray along with me if you want to receive Jesus into your life today. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me on the cross. I confess Jesus as the Lord. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. And I ask him to be my savior. Lord, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Thank you for saving me today. I declare that I'm a son or daughter of God. Lead me by the way I should go. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer, you're going to re- that, By the way, I, I applaud you. Angels in heaven are parting right now. This, you, you've made the greatest decision of your life. You're going to receive some instruction on the screen how to, how to connect with us. And um, we're praying for you. We're believing that God is going to strengthen you, encourage you, and this is the best decision that you have ever made. Harbor City Church, thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at HarborCityChurch.org. Come check us out. And I hope you have an awesome week.